Good. Well, that sounds better, doesn't it? Well, good morning. I am so pleased this morning to be speaking to you uh, on one of my most favorite subjects, the Holy Spirit. I was supposed to be talking on Ephesians. Philippians. Philippians. Shows how much I'm paying attention, doesn't it? Philippians. But I asked permission that I could speak about this. The reason is, as you all know, we had a Holy Spirit day um, last week, last Saturday, and uh, it was really a good time when we were really blessed by the Holy Spirit. And I think everyone who was there was really blessed. And I thought, well, I'd like to share a little bit um, again this morning. Uh, and, and I was just praying about it, and I just felt that a lot of what I'm going to say this morning is not just for this morning. It's particularly for the church weekend. When we respond to God, um, it's not ideal sometimes on a Sunday morning uh, when the children have to be picked up and and that sort of thing. And we will have an opportunity to pray at the end of of when I've spoken. But uh, who here is going on the church weekend? Can you raise your hands? Virtually everybody, you know, a very high proportion of us. So when I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, think about how you might respond over the church weekend, because there will be opportunities to do that, I think. Not necessarily um, ordered things to do, but you can at any time choose to pray with someone, or you can say, hey, could you just pray with me? And everyone here has the opportunity to pray with one another and bless one another and you never know who's going to say the, the right word or something that will really encourage you or bless you. I love that phrase that was said, it's better to be in God's will a thousand miles away than right next door. That was, I just was really, that was powerful for me this morning in the, um, in the worship along with several other things. Let's, uh, let's see where we're going now. Why is it not? working yeah okay i'm pressing this and expecting the screen here to change and it doesn't right well um i just wanted to talk a little bit about an alpha course that i was at several years ago um and i it was in bristol city football ground and uh it was one of the last evenings and uh there was a number of foreign students who were all on our table and as we prayed these two Taiwanese girls just sat there in total silence with tears rolling down their face. They, they just felt something of God. They set, felt the power of God come upon them. And later they made a commitment and uh, gave their, their life to, to Jesus. When was the last time you were filled with the Holy Spirit? My son asked me this about three, three or four weeks ago. And uh, it made me think about that. When was the last time you were really filled with the Holy Spirit? And um, got me thinking. And then actually at the Alpha Day, when a bunch of us Christians were together, we asked the same question. And as we shared with one another, suddenly... The power of God was with us, and uh, 
it was so encouraging to hear people's stories about when they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. But I just felt not too long ago was how I felt. It was too long in the past. And I'd like to be filled with the Spirit all the time. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I've actually remembered that. I haven't read it. And sings from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. It's almost a command, isn't it, from Paul? When we're touched by the Holy Spirit, we often experience a change in attitude or in our hearts. Something changes inside us. We feel refreshed. Who who this morning doesn't want to feel refreshed? Don't we want to feel refreshed? Don't we want to be full of life and energy? Life is tough and we want to feel refreshed. Being filled with the Holy Spirit refreshes us. It renews us, gives us a new fervor in life. Life can often be drudgery and boring and hard work, but having a new, renewed faith, a renewed purpose, a renew, and that's what the Holy Spirit brings. It brings creativity. Even the song this morning, I think, by, by um, Andy and, and by Hannah, I mean, by... Anna, um, these songs, you know, just words coming out, are a result of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. A couple of weeks ago, I was, I was just, um, uh, just praying, and, uh, and uh, I had this sort of poem, this words come out, and uh, quite creative. I thought, oh, did I really write that? But actually, it was the Holy Spirit working. I haven't got time to share it now, but... I think some of the best songs and worship songs that we sing have come out of a time of being in God's presence. It can release creativity. Don't we love it when we're creative? It's really good, isn't it? We have power. How did Andy know that I was going to have this on my PowerPoint? Isn't that amazing? Someone else is in charge, not me. Not Andy, but God is in charge. He knows what is coming. We need power in our lives to deal with the stuff that comes against us. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. And and we have boldness. It says of the disciples, they were bold. Suddenly a new life further, and we can speak boldly. That's great, isn't it? We want those, don't we? And we're set free. There's so much of life that holds us and keeps us captive. And we're not free. Yes, well, we'd like to be free. 
What the Holy Spirit does is it sets us free, totally free from fear and anxiety and, and uh, wrong thinking, sets us free. So who wouldn't want the Holy Spirit? Who wouldn't want God's Spirit to fill them and set them free? I remember going to a leaders' conference years ago, and, uh, and at the end, uh, several guys got round and prayed for me, um, particularly that I would just experience something of God's love, because I just didn't kind of feel it very much. And as they were praying, nothing happened. But after they finished praying, there was just a worship song singing in the background, just a tape or something like that. In those days, they had tapes. You probably don't know what that is. Um, but they had this tape playing, and it was just a worship song about the Father's love and how we'd been adopted into his family and how God really loved us. And those words just really penetrated into me, and I felt the power of the Holy Spirit in, my, in myself, even though the others had stopped praying for me. And it was almost overwhelming and then in the interval, I went and to the newsagents across the road and got a, uh, a card. Uh, I went to get some lunch, I think, and there was a card on one of those carousels right at eye level, and it just said, love you, on it. It was a Garfield's like, credit card-sized card. And uh, so I just picked it up, and I looked at it at the moment and thought, what? why did I pick this up? And then I turned it over, and it said, you better believe it, on the back. And... It was God's way of communicating, I need to believe in God's love and believe that he really loved me and really cared for me. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Streams of living water. Several things the spirit does. Gives gifts. Gives gifts, for example, of the gift of tongues. Or it might be the gift of healing. Or the gift of miraculous signs, or it could be um, amazing miracles. There are various things that God gives us, uh, gifts when he comes. Not always when the Holy Spirit comes does he give gifts, but often he does, and often the first time we're filled with the Holy Spirit. He anoints us for acts of service. So in a sense, we're sort of anointing Martin and Angie and sending them off because they're going to serve God in a different way than they have been. They're not quite sure what, but we're going to anoint them and bless them for acts of service. That's what we've done this morning. The Holy Spirit convicts, convicts us of sin. Now, um, I want to just clarify the difference between conviction and condemnation. So, the enemy comes and condemns us, makes us feel bad about the things that we've done and makes us feel really 
uh, depressed and, and basically says we're no good. We're no good, we're useless, we must mucked up, we're terrible. God, when he convicts us of the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, when there's conviction, almost always there is something that you know you need to do. Yes, you do feel uncomfortable. Yes, you do feel sometimes quite rotten. That sometimes does happen. But usually you know what you need to do. And before you do it, you feel rotten about it. Oh, no, I've got to say sorry. Or I've got to make amends for this thing that I've done right. But once you do it, you're set free. And that might be just saying sorry to God. And then you feel much better afterwards. It takes away that conviction. So there's always something you can do about it. And this is the most important thing that I think happens when the Holy Spirit comes. Affirming of God's love for you and acceptance of you. When the Holy Spirit touches you, the thing that's more important than anything is that you realize you are loved by God. Interestingly, even if you're convicted, you're convicted and you know it's God doing it, you know that he loves you, and actually it might be a bit of a struggle, but you know he's doing it for the right reasons and the right motives. That's why sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes on people, you see they're crying and laughing at the same time, or they have two emotions, because they're sorry about the things they've done wrong, but they're so pleased about receiving God's love all at the same time. It's called life in all its fullness. Most of us can't experience two emotions at the same time, but with God you can, it's just amazing. When you're healed sometimes, I don't know if anybody's been healed here by God's Holy Spirit or a a special time. I'm sure there are some. Actually, sometimes it's just the fact that God loves you and cares for you that's more important than the healing. You thought it was the healing, but actually when it happens, it's the acceptance. It's the love. Now, just one thing I would say is sometimes you'll see others experience the Holy Spirit and things come upon it, and it won't happen to you. Does that mean God doesn't love you? Of course it doesn't. It doesn't work the other way. But God is sovereign, and he decides when and where and how he's going to touch people. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? 1 Corinthians 3.16. That's one of the reasons we have this temple in front of us. What does the temple mean? What does it mean when Paul says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Well, we're just going to have a little um, think about that at the moment. So the most holy place is where God lived. And here on the temple, that's here, this bit here. The most holy place. And you see that little division I'm showing people for the tape what is in the temple. The tape, the recording, the <laughs> podcast. Get it right, mate. And uh, so that's the Holy of Holies. And that's the place that only God went. Only God lived in there. The high priest went in, went in once a year, but be- basically it was so holy that nobody could go there. And then you have here the outer courtyard. No, you have the the holy place, sorry. You have the holy place, which is, whoop, let's go back again. You have the holy place, which is where the priests were. 
and where the priests ministered and where they did their stuff. Now, what's it's really important to understand is that when originally God gave, actually before the temple, gave the tent of meeting, which Tony talked about a lot about two years ago and gave us the information about that uh, and all the significance of the things that are there, that the, 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 um, when they originally had that, of course the priests were there not only for religious service. The priests weren't there just to do religious service. They were there to be the civil service of Israel. They were there to administer the nation as a whole. So where the priests were was the administration center of the whole of Israel. And then on the outside, you had the outer courtyard. This is the big bit here, and that's where everybody could go. And you'll think, well, great, Paul, but what's that got to do with me and to do with my situation? Well, let's think about us as being the temple of the Holy Spirit. You see, when we become a Christian, God enters into our spirit and becomes, makes his home in our hearts. And he can do that because Jesus broke the, um, the temple curtain, which separated us from God. And then we have our mind, which is like the administration part of Israel. And it's interesting that the only way to God in the Old Testament was through, through the priests to the Holy of Holies. You couldn't get to God any other way. That was the only way. And guess what is exactly the same now, after Jesus has come, the only way that your spirit can come out is through your mind and eventually to your body. So that's how God's spirit comes. He comes through your, th- through your, from your spirit, through your mind and to your body. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As I was praying about this particular verse, I felt there's going to be someone here this morning who is very uncertain about their future. And they're mixed up. They're mixed up about their future. They're mixed up about what to do next or how to behave or what to do. But this says that if your mind is transferred, you will know what God's will is, what his perfect will. And I think this is an important verse for you. Your outer courtyard is your body. It's the only way that the world is touched through you via God. Well, actually, it's the only way that the world is touched anyway, (laughs) isn't it, if you think about it? It's your body. Always has to come through your body. You can't touch anyone with your mind. doesn't matter how try you can try hard, but it won't work because nobody can read your thoughts except God. So effectively, the only way that you can pass something on is through your body, your tongue. If the Holy Spirit uses you through your tongue, then you'll be able to preach a good word or you'll be able to give a word of encouragement 
or you'll be able to, to just uh, tell somebody something about Jesus, just witness or give a testimony. And I expect many of you have suddenly realized, I was talking to someone, and suddenly it took on a new meaning, had new power. It was God using your words. And you thought, where did that come from? That's your tongue, your hands, the laying on of hands. Sometimes you can lay hands on people. You can touch them, and there's a way in which you can anoint people, and the power of God can be transferred through your hands. I've had that on several occasions where I've prayed for people, and something has happened. Something has been transferred. And we're encouraged to do that in the Bible. Your eyes. How does your eyes touch the world. Well, there are several ways that your eyes can be used by God. To, firstly, you can see the things in a new light. You can suddenly see things that God sees and have an idea of what he wants. So your eyes can do it in that way. Or you can have a vision or a picture. That's actually God's Holy Spirit using your eyes, using you. Your feet to take the good news. When you go somewhere, somewhere new, like, well, it's good examples, these are, for the, isn't it, for, for this morning. But when they go somewhere new, it's anointing their feet for taking good news wherever you go. So it's your feet. They're, they're all good things. You're all sitting there going, yes. They're good, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, good. So that's, that's right. The Holy Spirit touches the world and uses us to share God's love. That's what he does with others. So who wouldn't want it? One of the things I love about the Holy Spirit is the fact that it makes the world a better place. That actually I can be used in changing things for good. And when so often, you know, when I do things in my own strength, it doesn't really make a lot of difference. It doesn't really affect the world. But there are times when God has used me, and years later, the benefit and the fruit of that is still being worked out. And I am so grateful that God's used me in part of that plan. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, As the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. It's another, the same verse, but in a different, that I read earlier. Streams of living water. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. A well of water. Why is it that sometimes my fountain, my overflow, the the blessing, the bubbling up, whatever you like to call it, why is it that it doesn't feel like it's touching the world or it's not there? Why is it? Why is it sometimes we feel, well, that's not me, Paul. I don't feel like that. That doesn't happen to me very much. 
What are the reasons for that? Because one of the reasons is because we're holy and we leak. Holy, leak? Oh, you've got that. Great. If you're really holy, you leak a lot. And you need filling. So, possible reasons why we might need to. We're not born again or children of the living God. Not a Christian. God's spirit has not entered our heart. This is what it says in Romans 8 and 9. If anyone does not have the Holy Spirit, they don't belong to Christ. So if you remember, I said earlier, you've got to have God's spirit in you for it to come out, to be born again. So that is the first qualification that, that must be true for God's spirit to use you. And you'll say, well, how come people who are non-Christians sometimes feel the Holy Spirit and are sometimes touched by the Holy Spirit? I was touched by the Holy Spirit before I became a Christian. Well, that's coming from outside. So actually, that's if I lay my hands and I have the Holy Spirit on someone who's not a Christian, then the Spirit can touch them. Or my words can touch somebody else through the Holy Spirit. So it can come externally. So some people can come along to church and regularly experience a touch from God, but never get renewed because they're not a Christian or they've not received the fullness because they're getting it from outside. It doesn't always come that way. But the other thing that that means is if the Holy Spirit is in anybody, it wants to meet with the Holy Spirit in somebody else. And when that, that happens, that's why there's a supernatural effect to fellowship. I don't know, I didn't prepare this, but this is, it's really important that actually sometimes that's why after a meeting when the power of God has been demonstrated, you love people more. Why do I love them so more? They're still nasty, horrible people, but I suddenly love them because the Holy Spirit in you wants to meet with them and sees a bit of God, a bit of something in them. Your pipe gets blocked. Your fountain is kind of no longer, no longer flowing correctly. That's the second reason. And that can be because it's never been turned on. Though you've been born again, you've never been filled in the, with the Spirit. No one's turned the switch to turn it on. Or sometimes it's just because your pipe gets blocked. Now, these apply to both people who have not been filled with the Spirit ever and those who have been, but it, it, they're, it, somehow it gets blocked. Life throws a lot of muck and grime and rubbish and tough stuff. And if we're all exposed to the world, the world throws these things at us. You know, you just read the news and you see some bad stuff, don't you? And you, you, it pollutes you. Sometimes you read something that somebody has done, some terrible murder or something like that, and you get angry. You get, what, this isn't fair, this isn't right, or some, some terrible thing that's happened some exposing to evil or bad in the world, and it affects you, it pollutes you. And you need to get rid of that. You need to deal with that. But often we don't, do we? We just go on. Or maybe it's someone in your family or a close friend or even someone at church says something to you. Of course, that would never happen in our church, would it? Which would really pollute you. 
and really annoy you. And then you're not in a place to really receive from God. It can pollute our mind and muddle our thinking. Remember this came up before, muddle our thinking. If you think, oh, well, I just don't know what to think. I, you know, I'm two minds. That's because the world is kind of getting into you in a sense. If the Spirit of God is with you and moving in power, then you become sure of your faith. You become sure of what is right. It can be our reaction to sin in the world. It's not necessarily our fault. It's just our, our, what we react to the bad stuff in our life. But sometimes it's our own deliberate fault. We choose to sin. We choose to walk away from God and deliberately do something that is wrong. God's Spirit is not going to be flowing through you when that happens. So let's look at a couple of reasons why this might happen. And it falls into two categories. We believe the simple lie that God only blesses us if we are good or we deserve it. We think, well, if we're good and we do what is right, God will bless us. His Holy Spirit will come upon us and he'll use us. Look at those people, they're good and God uses them. But he won't use me because I'm not good enough and I've mucked up my life. Well, that just is not true. It's a load of rubbish because we all mucked up our lives before we became Christians, but God still chose us and touched us and gave us new life. So we were, it says we were enemies of God. And he chose us. That's how it started. So it's not going to change. The reality is God loves us. Interestingly enough, I have often seen God's spirit come powerfully on people who are very aware of the sin and the the problems they've had in their life. Actually, God's grace abounds more in those circumstances. We can always turn to him, no matter how we've mucked up the mistakes we've made, and he basically says, I know you've mucked up, but I love you. But we can fall into the other opposite error. We're too proud to ask for God's help. I'm okay. I'm not a needy person like all those others. I can cope. Everything's okay. Look at them, they get it wrong all the time. They're always making mistakes. They're always getting things wrong. But I'm okay. I don't need God's help. Pride. pride. And the interesting thing is, we can actually fall into both categories at the same time sometimes. Pride can be a real blockage. I'm not going to respond to God when I know he's calling him. No, not me. They can, but I'm not. I'm going to stand away. I'm going to walk away. To receive God's blessing, you need to be humble. The humble are lifted up. The humble are blessed. On Monday night, because in our household, um, we've... we've uh, been talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. Then on Monday night, 
I was talking, we were just putting the children to bed and we are just lying down on our bed and Poppy and Barney were there and I just said to them, um, Barney said, uh, what's the Holy Spirit, Dad? So I explained what the Holy Spirit was and uh, I explained that about the fact that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, Dad, can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, yes, Barney, you can. And he said, uh, he said, well, can I do it now? And I said, yes, you can. You've just got to um, follow my prayer. And he goes, oh, well, tell me what the prayer is. So I told him what the prayer was going to be for about two or three minutes. And um, then he said, um, it's a bit long, Dad. <laughs> so I said, no, 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 I'll pray a sentence, then you pray a sentence. And then we'll wait and see what the Holy Spirit does. So we, that's what we did. I prayed a sentence. He prayed a sentence. Poppy, Poppy was there as well. I said, Poppy, do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Oh, no, she said. Poppy is much more, she needs time to consider things and think things through. So anyway, we, we prayed. And, uh, and then we just waited in silence for about two or three minutes, which is a miracle in itself with my two children. And then I turned to Barney afterwards and I said, how do you feel? And he said, I feel a bit strange. I said, what do you mean? He said, I feel this tingling in my stomach. And I said to him, that's God. He said, yeah, I know. And that was, that was it. I said, right, off to bed now. So off, off they went to bed. Now, is Barney now a saint who never does anything wrong and is absolutely marvellous? No, he's just a little boy. And particularly with children, it isn't an event. So we're not sort of saying, oh, wow, you know, everything. You know, it's an event, it's a process, and there'll be several events in his life, hopefully leading to him becoming a fully-fledged Christian. He's still a young child. But even a nine-year-old child can receive the Holy Spirit. The good news is Mel, not to be done out, because she was annoyed that I did this without her, <laughs> um, she, she prayed with Poppy a couple of days later. And Poppy also received the Holy Spirit this morning. I said to Poppy, did you... Um, did you received the Holy Spirit? And she said, yes, I did. I said, what did you feel? She said, hmm. She said, a bit strange. And I said, what did you feel? She said, I can't explain. That's what she said. Uh, and I said, can I share that with everyone this morning? I don't think Barney, he's actually here. I don't think Barney would mind me sharing, but Poppy might have minded me sharing this. And she said, no, that's all right. You can share that if you want. So if a little child can receive the Holy Spirit, can't we? Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then you are evil, Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. 
how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who will ask him? Are you ready this morning? Just to start, just to get a little taster, because I really believe that in the church weekend coming up, that many of us will receive a real blessing from the Holy Spirit. I've been praying about it over this last week particularly, and I said, Lord, I'd really love it on Sunday if, you know, if the real power came in power. And I just felt him say, I'm going to come very gently on Sunday. That's why all the testimonies have just been very gentle. But the church weekend is a different matter because then people can do things not necessarily in front of other people, maybe privately in a room, just two or three people. Or maybe out on a walk, they can just stand together and pray for God's presence or God's healing or God's touch. But I am convinced that this weekend, God is going to come to a number of us and deal with some stuff that has kept us bound, kept us not living life to the full. Which is good news. So let's all stand now. I don't know what's going to happen in the next two or three minutes. What's the time, Dennis? I can't read. Oh, right. Okay. We haven't got very long, as I thought with the kids, because I waffled on it. But I'm just going to ask you to hold your hands out. Hold your hands out like this in an attitude of, I want to receive, and then I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. And I'm just going to ask, maybe we can just all shut our eyes and just think about God and say, loving Heavenly Father, we just want to receive your Holy Spirit. We believe that you are here. We believe that you have been speaking to us this morning. Just show us your Holy Spirit. Just unblock our pipe a little bit. Just flow from our spirits, renew our minds, and into our bodies. We pray this happens now, this morning. Amen. Just wait a moment.